Welcome to Seeing 2020, the podcast centred on candid conversations about the confusing thoughts we have and things that happen in our 20s and the clarity that hindsight often provides. Grab a cup of tea, a glass of wine or get comfy on your commute to work. We're so happy that you're joining our conversation as we figure it all out together. Hi guys, welcome back to Seeing 2020. I'm Nicolette. And Alice. And today we're going to discuss a little bit of uh, that singledom life, that single Pringle fiesta. Yep. We we know this topic really well. Uh, <laughs> we're, we, we're experts. You could, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the one episode where we can claim to be experts. But also a lot to talk about generally because there's a lot. I think people go, oh, yeah, there's relationships and there's all these different kinds of relationships and all the different stages. And then being single is just like its own thing. That's so true. And I think that also single singleness, like people talk about relationships and then being single and being single is almost like this void of waiting for a relationship. Mm. Um, and like what you were just saying, there's actually so much like going on in a single person's life and in like different relationships than things that you're doing when you're single and depending on what kind of a person you are and whether you jump to from relationship to relationship or you know whether you stay single for long periods or just have really long relationships whatever the case may be I think for the most part especially in your 20s which is kind of what this whole podcast is about people do spend the majority of their time single it'd be interesting to know like statistically actually yeah maybe I just surround myself with really single people maybe we just have a lot of single friends (laughs) but I feel like compared to the rest of your life in which most people are married, your teens and your 20s are that that's time true. where you are yeah. the most single. Yeah, that's true. I, I would say in our like friendship group, it's been pretty evenly split. Would you say so? Yeah, and they've all been pretty solid relationships too. Yeah, definitely. And I think there are also just some people who just like were not wired to be single or just never learned how to be single. You know, there are, there are a lot of people out there who just, like, they really don't like being single and they try to make sure that they're not single for too long. Um, mm. And I think that when they do find that lull, for lack of a better term, when they do find themselves single, they are on the hunt for another one. It's kind of like this, yeah. this restlessness to find the new relationship and the new bow, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah. personally, I've never had that. Like, like being like, oh, I've got to find someone. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, oh, actually, we'll, we will end up talking about an anxiety that is similar to that. But generally, I've never been like, I need to find someone now, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely have felt like that. <laughs> there are moments, um, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, like, a funny thing I think is that I don't think I've ever been as happy being single as I have this year. Agreed. Which is also the year when I have been dating the most and putting myself out there the most. So I'm not quite sure what the relationship between that is because, like, last year I spent the year, like, just feeling really like, oh, where was me? I'm so alone, like, kind of thing. And then this year I've been, like, you know, dating, putting myself out there, and I'm also, like, so stoked to be single. Mm. So I don't know. I, I reckon, and I think we'll come back to this conclusion at the end of the podcast, that being single is what you make of it, just like being yeah. in a relationship and any part of life is what you make of it. Yeah. So, so I totally true. get that though. Because I've I've had moments or periods where I've been like, you know what, this part, rather than being open to a relationship happening with somebody, 
and that opportunity coming along, I just want it to be me and being very like, this is my single, like I, I really yeah. want to grow just for me in this period. I've had that quite a bit. And it's funny that usually towards the end of that period that I've kind of set for myself, I've grown in a way that ends up attracting that opportunity into my life anyway. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense because you can tell when somebody is like self-fulfilled and interesting and doing things with their time and not just sitting around waiting for mm-hmm. some night to ride in on ride in on a white horse. Oh, the damn I mean? night! So, like, like, and you can tell that with men as well. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Like. If I go on a date with a guy and work out that he's got nothing going on in his life and is just waiting for a girl to fill up his time, I'm like, mm, no. Mm, no. Because then you're not full of, you know, interesting things to talk about. Yeah. When I got back from my gap year, um, I, I'd gone overseas to, to live in, in Europe for a year when I was 17 to 18. So, like, really young. Mm. Um, did, did a lot of growing, a lot of traveling. Like, it, it, was a, it was a great year. It was really challenging. By far the biggest milestone in my life up until that point. Um, like, obviously, first time kind of really away from home. Um, and I, I came home and I had a lot of people kind of instantly saying, oh, so, like, any boys in Europe? Like, did you meet, meet any boys in Oxford, like, where I was living or asking like even asking me if I lost my virginity like really kind of personal personal questions I was also just like that's what you want to know yeah like Like, first of all that's a lot to ask right off the bat but second that's because you just went on a massive trip I would like I really want to hear about the trip personally surely surely logically and you know I was working at a boarding school like went to like 20 countries like that year was very full Mm. and my life was very full and it just was not a year of my life that involved boys whatsoever and that's fine like that's I was 17 that's totally allowed and like also totally allowed to be 17 18 and to go overseas and to just make your year all about all about experiencing new things with with guys and dating and whatever and that that would be so fine too but I just I found it so invalidating to get home and just have people ask me like you know three questions me being like no like no didn't didn't do that didn't do that didn't do that and then not show any interest in the things that you actually going did to do. Iceland or yeah. going to you know like my job or anything like that so that was like actually upsetting um and I would say that that was probably the time when I felt the most like conscious of being single Mm. which is really odd because like I was overseas it's not like I was gonna meet the person I was gonna marry you know not that that's I mean it can happen but of course but to to me that would have been kind of concerning if that had been my goal yeah it wasn't on the cards for what you wanted no and it's just not like a very logical priority for that year but yeah like coming coming home and having all those questions and just feeling really like no one really cares what I did other than that I remember just feeling so defined by being single and by being a virgin as Mm. well to be honest um that it really was like overshadowing all these other parts of my life and myself that were really interesting on their own oh that makes me mad (laughs) yeah it makes me mad in hindsight too I just I feel like even when you go traveling like now, because I just got back from overseas too, mm. a lot of people did kind of ask, "Oh, any stories like that? You know, were there any were there any cute guys?" Which yeah, there were some cute guys. There was great, but like, <laughs> did anything really happen? No, nothing. And it's it's kind of 
I, I don't know, maybe we don't seek that when we go on holidays, and it is totally fine if you do. But, like, there is so much more to travel than that. Yeah. And there is so much... More to life. Yeah, more to life than that. Yeah. It's important, but... I don't know, I was fine to go, you know, on the trip and have a good time with my gal pals. So, to have that expectation on you, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, in I was in Nashville last month, and... I was going out with some people in my hostel and I was out with this girl, Sarah, and we met these guys from our, this older guys from our hostel, um, and they were, like, really annoying and, say, like, kind of, they were all like, oh, are you guys going to find some some guys to, like, bring back to the hostel? And we were like, no, no, we're not. Bye. Like, you can go away. Um, and Sarah was so, like, uh, logical and great, and she was just explaining to, to him and he just wasn't getting it. She was just like, that's not my goal when I go out. Mm. I want to have a good time. I want to listen to some music. I make some great friends. If I meet somebody, great, but that's not my goal for tonight. Yeah, I mean, keyword yes. key is if. if. If I meet someone, great. If not, that's fine because it wasn't the goal. It wasn't the goal. That would be like, it's like you've got a cupcake of fun and Nashville and friends and music and then there's a cherry on top if there's a nice boy. Yeah. You know what, though? Going back to that point of it being, like, an important part of life, because, again, it's not the be-all and end-all, but it is an important part of life to find someone that you're compatible with, Mm, that person. But for most people. Yeah, for most people, like, to find someone that is your person is, you know, a big part of life. And I actually read an article, uh, and it was basically... I have it here, actually. It was from CNBC, and they published it in February about the three critical lessons that Bill and Melinda Gates are teaching their kids. Mm. And the second one was uh, what I wanted to focus on today, and it was that you should marry the right person. Mm. And so Melinda actually says that the decision of who your life partner is going to be is, quote, the most important decision you'll ever make, even more important than what career you have, where you go to college, where you go to high school, etc. So... That whole, like, pressure of finding the right person, it's there. And it's pretty intense at some points. People do feel that. I've, I've had many a conversation with friends where they've said, like, you know, now it's now or never. Like, if I don't find him in uni, then it's got to be in work. And then, like, it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And I think especially for women, like, it, it, we're obviously we're, we're 22, right? So yeah. it's, not, it's not an issue now. But it's not going to be that long before our parents start asking us, like, about our biological clocks and stuff like that, which is, like, ridiculous. But it's going to happen. Mm. Um, and w- women, I think, do... We have the pressure to be thinking about finding the right person and also to be thinking about, like, not being single too long earlier. Yeah. Which I think is misplaced pressure. Oh, massively. But it's just, like, social norms, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Because, like... Basically, what she's saying is that you can change your career at any point really quite easily. You could change where you go to school. It wouldn't matter what uni you went to. Like, all of those decisions are important, but there's this, like, extra Mm. level of importance on this decision because once you have that and you've decided and you get married, granted, this is all what you want, right? It's very difficult to then break it up because you have, like, potentially kids involved divorce you know lawyers you who gets the property what happens with them like it's just it's layers on layers on layers and very messy and also 
not even thinking of like the breakup part but during the relationship if you're not supportive of each other and you don't encourage each other and you don't have each other's back and you're not like yeah i back your dream you back mine whatever that's not healthy either Mm. so like it is important yeah and compromise as well because i think Mm. that in relationships but especially in marriage like you're gonna have to compromise on some pretty big things at some point and you really want to make sure that the person's worth it or the relationship or that that it's worth it that you're getting enough back to make that compromise worth it yeah yeah so i think the point i wanted to make with this is that having read this i felt instantly like oh my god i have to find somebody well because like i have to find and not just find somebody find the right person Mm. to fit like and, and then you have to go through, like, the, well, what's right? What does that mean to me? But I think the point of it is that we don't have to rush. Because, like, any good decision mm-hmm. and any important one, you would never rush that. So why would you rush this one? Yeah. And also, like, yes, you want to find the right person to marry, but pretty unlikely to be your first relationship or your second relationship. It's quite rare. Yeah. Well, not I mean, impossible, but... Not, not impossible, but, like, you don't have to know that from the get-go. No. You, you're allowed to, like... Mm. yeah yeah this this stuff takes time and like everybody's on their own trajectory as well so you don't want to you don't want to push things just to have the relationship i think yeah i agree probably the thing that i struggle with the most being single like at this point in my life is watching like other single friends of mine get into relationships which is something that i you can't see it but i'm cringing i'm like oh i know um (laughs) It's, and, and I and I hate that feeling because if you, you've got a friend who's like, you know, just started dating somebody or just gotten into a relationship, you just want to be happy for them. And it's just, you can't ignore, well, I can't ignore that sinking feeling where I'm just like, oh, they have somebody and I'm still alone. It's a feeling of falling behind, which is misplaced totally because yeah. you're not at all, but it's there. Yeah. Um... And I think that I spend a lot of time trying to just squash that. I'm like, no, not allowed to feel that. Just got to be happy. Like, which I think is true. Um, but at the same time, I kind of wonder whether, like, if we're trying to embrace all of the really positive parts of being single, because there are so many, mm. um, whether at the same time it's kind of maybe not necessarily a bad thing to be allowed to acknowledge like the sad moments where you're like oh I wish I had somebody to do that with or I'm a bit lonely this week like Mm. I feel I feel like while being single and being like romantically alone absolutely does not make you lonely in itself it's not invalid to some days feel a bit lonely and be like oh I wish I had that that makes me a bit sad oh well here are some other great things yeah mm. I think acknowledging the other great things is really important but I totally totally get that you have to acknowledge that part first because it's all—it's almost like bringing it back to, okay, I want this. It's still important to me. It's almost like a good check. Like, okay, yep, still want that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's good to, like, know what we want. Mm. Um, and I think that's part of being single too is figuring out the things that you want and the things that will make, I don't know, like the things you want to work on and, and what you want to do to make your life more interesting and more full. Mm. And so that when you do get into the relationship, it, it's an add-on to your life as like a whole already rather than it filling a void yeah definitely definitely like your life is already really full and vibrant Mm. and then there's just this other great Mm. element that's being added to it but i think with the jealousy thing part of it and i've 
found that whenever I felt this that that sinking feeling of like oh damn it that's another one another one bites the dust you know <laughs> dropping like flies but like whenever I, I do have that feeling I catch myself a moment instantly later thinking but you're imposing what you think is this very perfect relationship onto this couple mm. and that friend you don't know like you've just seen them you know walk out of a cafe together that you know everyone's been sitting on or whatever or walk into class and you're like damn it they have someone to walk to our class with and like they've probably done this and they've mm. probably gone here and that. like you impose a story almost and you're like man they're so in love and you don't know they might have just walked out from like having the biggest blow up of their lives mm. and had a really big fight it's it's just this idea of i always kind of think don't compare what you think is going on in somebody else's life to what's actually going on in yours yeah because yeah. that can be a dangerous game to play with yourself yeah and it ends up being like a oh damn i don't have x y and z and they have it all and you haven't even asked them mm. what's going on in the relationship and how their day is going or whatever else yeah yeah, yeah definitely as lyrical genius big sean in justin bieber's as long as you love me video clip best one in my opinion he says, grass ain't always green on the other side. It's green where you water it, which I'm just saying. Oh, I love that. Ooh. It's, it's one of his best songs, to be honest. That's good. And the video clip is mint. But um, yeah, I like that line. But I do also think that in terms of like acknowledging the loneliness and stuff, it's good to work out like, yes, what you want in your life, like maybe from a partner, but also like, are you are you feeling sad because um, you want to go to a fancy restaurant that just opened in the city and you feel like you've got no one to go with because in that case maybe you can take yourself on a nice dinner date or get a friend to go with you or something like that you know that like I feel like recognizing like the things that you feel like are a bit sad or a bit missing from your life because you're single can be quite good because you can work out maybe I need to do more nice things for myself or maybe I do actually need more company. Maybe I need to fill my week up with some more social things. Mm. Um, because, like, you know, company is good for us and having people to support us is good for us and physical touch is good for us. Like, there are lots of things that that come very, like, supposedly neatly packaged in relationships that are good for us and they're the reason why people like relationships. Yeah. Um, but it's good to kind of to recognise what what you need and to, to work out how you can like fulfill things for yourself yeah. yeah so like whether you're single or in a relationship right now you don't know where you're at right now in your love life i can't recommend enough that even if you are not a fan of taylor swift you go and listen to her newest album preach because so good. i'm pretty sure by the time we we post this episode we do pre-record apps but I think it will have been out for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. That said, it will still be relevant because it is Taylor Swift, so it's fine. And we just listened to her albums on repeat. But this album in particular, I love because it's about all the different facets of relationships and love. And that includes being single. Yeah. There are songs on there about being single. Because that's like, not like the black to the white and like the inverse of being in a relationship. It's part of the whole the whole spectrum of love in life. Um, And she acknowledges it, and I really, really love that she does that. And there's actually one track on there, which is, it's one of my favorites. I'm not gonna say it's my favorite yet, because I am still binging the album. 
and I really love paper rings. Um, but the track is I Forgot you, That You Existed and I feel like it's this, oh, like an homage to that single life. But it's like for someone who we kind of associate with being so in love with love songs and relationships, mm. she has taken that mindset that's really honed in on that and, and made it about embracing single life. Yes. Yeah. And I really love it. I love that that's Me the first too. song. Oh, I know. Literally, I put it on in the car and that song came on. Mm. I forgot that you existed. And literally, within 30 seconds of the song playing, I was like, guys, yeah, like, this is so good. This is just so good. I was so happy. It's so good. The, the whole album is just so good. You did good, Taylor, if you're listening. You did really <laughs> She's definitely listening. Oh, yeah. Number one fan over here. So if you guys are single, slide into our DMs. Let us know about, I don't know, your relationship mishaps and, like, bad dates and what you really love and hate about single life. I actually, that I want to know about. What do you love and what do you hate about it? What are you looking for right now? Are you happy being single? Are you you happy with where you're at? Are you on the hunt? How's it going? We want to know. We do want to know. We want to have a conversation. That's where we're at. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Seeing 2020. You can follow us on Instagram at seeing underscore 2020. And don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify. If you have a friend or 20 you think would love to join our conversation, please share this podcast with them. In the meantime, we hope you have a beautiful day and we'll talk soon.